Welcome to Success Hackers, Cracking the Entrepreneurial Code, the podcast that's focused on empowering entrepreneurs to find the edge and take their business to a whole nother level. We're peeking behind the curtain to learn entrepreneurial shortcuts and success strategies from the most successful entrepreneurs on the planet. Get ready for mind-blowing entrepreneurial tips with your host, high-performance business coach, keynote speaker, and author, Scott Hansen. Showtime in three, two, one. Welcome to another episode of Success Hackers. This is Scott Hansen, high-performance business strategist, best-selling author, speaker, and of course, podcast host right here on Success Hackers. It's right here on Success Hackers. We are all about empowering you, our entrepreneurial audience, to help you take your business to entirely new heights. We do that by interviewing some of the most talented entrepreneurs on the planet and then having them share their success strategies and hacks with us. For all you loyal Hacker Nation listeners, you know I love you guys. Thank you so much for continuing to share the show across social media, continuing to subscribe. And it's because of you guys, our loyal Hacker Nation community, the show continues to reach more and more individuals just like you, not only in the United States, but across the world. So again, thank you so much for continuing to do what you're doing. Oh, also, remember to stay all the way to the end of the show. I have something special that I want to share with all of you. Oh, and don't forget, if you want me to ask a question to our esteemed guests, all you have to do is email me at info at successhackers.net. That's info at successhackers.net. And I will then ask your question to our esteemed guests and even mention your name and business name on the very next show. Today, our featured guest is Mr. Neil Ersick. Neil, are you ready to rock? I am. Neil Ersick is the CEO of Crush Republic, a consumer insights firm based in Cincinnati, Ohio. In his year at Crush Republic, revenue has doubled, the team has grown by 300%, and Crush Republic boasts global brand clients like Adidas. Neil speaks regularly at conferences on the topic of disrupting focus groups and traditional consumer research as well as trends with millennials. Crush Republic is on a mission to be the world's most consumer-first insight company. Crush Republic is on a mission to be the world's most consumer-first insight company. They've taken the traditional focus group, shop-along, and in-home interview model and flipped it on its head. With their technology and service offering, they're able to 10x the spend that traditionally went to these old-school methods. Neil Ersick, welcome to Success Hackers. It is great to have you on the show, man. Thank you, Scott. I'm honored to be here. Absolutely, uh, yeah. You, absolutely. you say you say esteemed guests, and I I feel like uh, you know on on, pap- <laughs> on paper I sound pretty interesting, but I'm not in real life. Um, you know, <laughs> lis- listening to Eric Scheinkopf um, and what he's doing in the music industry, um, and some of your earlier guests like Peter Lynch, I feel a bit. Uh, <laughs> I feel like I feel like we're going to get through this, and then you're going to say, "I think I think you're in the wrong class." No, um, you're in the right class. Man. <laughs> we'll see. You're in the right class. Our audience is uh, is looking for some strategies and hacks. They Perfect. want to know your story, so you're absolutely at the right place. Great. So tell us a little bit more about Crush Republic and who this is for. Yeah. So so the story of Crush, and, and I'm going to use the word "we" a lot. Um, uh, and when I say "we," it's going to be the royal "we." Um, because I, as you shared, I've only been, you know, in this role at the firm for about a year, but, you know, we crushed, were started 
eight years ago, um, just as a traditional consumer research and uh, agency house. And we were doing some amazing projects with Nike and Mountain Hardware and Procter and & Gamble. And it was kind of the old school way. You know, we'd get 30 moms uh, in Cincinnati in a room to talk about how they use Tide. Uh, and then we'd come back to our offices and we we put a bunch of sticky notes up on the wall and we'd come up with a you know new brand pr- proposition or messaging or concept. Um, and we'd go to Portland and talk to 25 Nike kids and we'd go to um, you know Unilever or other big clients in their cities and talk to consumers and spend a lot of money and a lot of time flying back and forth that we thought, man, there's got to be a better way than this. And so about six years ago, we started to um, send to people's houses palm trios. And so you know, instead of getting 30 moms in a room in Cincinnati, we'd get maybe 30 across the country. We'd ship to their home a palm trio that they, they would use to kind of capture who they are and day in the life and how they use Tide maybe. And then uh, we asked people to send those those cameras back. And as you might imagine, probably didn't get many of those back. Um, there's a lot of people walking around with free palm trios right now that they're probably not using, but, um, we paid for. And so we thought, you know, we're onto something here, but this isn't totally the right fit. And so we invested, um, significant capital and, um, resources into a mobile platform. And we actually spun that group out. It's a separate entity. It's, it's gone on to raise, um, about $7 million in venture funding, but our business today uses that platform to reach any consumer anywhere in the world on their mobile phone. So we're still solving the same big problems for brands, um, but instead of doing it in a focus group setting, um, we're able to do it what we call kind of from the comfort of your phone. And so you can, instead of doing 30 moms in Cincinnati, we could do five in the U.S., five in Brazil, and 20 in key cities in parts of Europe and Asia all at the same time without any travel costs or um, restrictions like that. Yeah, I remember back in the day, this is dating myself, but uh, there were some consumer inside focus groups where I live, and it was like, hey, we'll pay you X amount of dollars if you come in and do a test, a test market or a test taste with a new Snapple. Right. You know, or something along those lines. So what you're doing as a company is you're you're taking that old model and mm-hmm. you're disrupting it. You're making it all more streamlined so that a brand like Adidas or like some of these other CPG brands or anybody really that's looking to get more consumer insights can say, we will want to hire Crush Republic. You guys have the platform, the technology, and the know-how to do that to bring us what are moms in Cincinnati, Ohio thinking about XYZ? Is that kind of how it works? Exactly. So, yeah, whether it's, um, you know, trying to innovate a new product um, and and getting some of that foundational consumer understanding or or, or the Snapple example, um, we're doing work now with, with a client I, I can't share, but we're sending people to the store to purchase that product and a competitor product and then take them home, use them for a week, and through the app, show us um, product usage, um, have them sell it to a friend. Um, and the beauty of it is the consumer doesn't know who our end client is. So all they know is for um, some money and kind of some fun activities over the course of a few days, um, they get to use two separate products. And uh, it's relevant to them because we recruit the right consumers for these 
projects and um, you get that really raw, authentic point of view that you wouldn't otherwise get in a traditional setting. Yeah, and I love that model and I love the business because at the end of the day, everything that we see online or on TV, companies that want to market to us, they get this information. Yep. They know the big brother syndrome is kicking in big time. They yep. know a lot about what we do, what we like, and what we spend money on because of companies like yourself. Is that what I'm hearing? Yes, exactly. Yeah. So when you talk about marketing, uh, we actually talk a lot about marketing on the show and how to market your business. What's one strategy that you guys are currently using to market your business? You know, for us, it's it's um, getting our name out there a little bit in terms of the the story and kind of setting setting the tone for some of these uh, prospective clients. And um, sometimes it really comes down to sharing um, just a personal story and, and why I came here. Um, you know, I was I was at a big brand. Um, we were doing some amazing work with clients, and one day we took the jet to Salt Lake City for um, some what I thought was just consumer research. And um, I was escorted down a hallway and sat behind a two-way mirror and watched consumers that all had the same, uh, lived in the same zip code, uh, were all the same gender, were all the same race. Um, eat stale bagels and have some, <laughs> have some stranger, uh, ask some questions about our brand. And, um, I remember sitting there thinking, um, man, this is, this is so backwards. Um, and so for us, from a marketing standpoint, we, we, we talk a lot about with our clients, stale bagels. And for some reason that resonates. And so when we're meeting with a prospect, um, that's one thing that we'll share is that story of, who who has sat behind one of those two-way mirrors and had a stale bagel? I think the you know the other big thing is we before every meeting um, we have everybody take out their phones, and I know that um, that's kind of taboo and everyone should be you know focused and not on their their phones during a meeting. But when we're meeting with prospects, we say all right, take out your phone, um, pull up Instagram or Facebook, and show us. Uh, in the room, uh, a photo that's either very special to you or one that has the most likes on it. And it's amazing um, to go around the room and hear people's stories, whether it's about their children or a trip they took or their pet or um, a race that they finished. Or, um, you know, sometimes it gets really heavy with uh, cancer beating diagnoses mm-hmm. and all these things. And then we say, who who here learned something new about someone that they work with 40 or 50 hours a week and, and every hand shoots up, every hand shoots up. And it's because we are so, um, you know, the, the, the fear of sharing things virtually has kind of gone away. And we're, I feel like we're almost more personal with the things that we post than we are with the people that we interact with every day. Mm. So we, we found that to be really powerful. Um, as far as marketing. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I love what you guys are doing already in a relatively short period of time. And you've come on and, you know, you what you've been able to do personally and kind of set a new direction for the company. When you look at an overall business, someone's listening right now, they're like, you know what, I want to get my business to that, that level that Crush is at in mm-hmm. a relatively short period of time. What's one strategy that you can impart on our Hacker Nation community to say, you know what, you're maybe currently here at this level. What's one thing that you've learned uh, over your years, Neil, to help someone that's listening get to maybe another level of success? Sure. Yeah, you know, I, I think it's focus. 
and that and that sounds really empty maybe and kind of blanketed but you know we um if you look at businesses that are you know we kind of looked at our business and and, the, and kind of the nice way to say our story is for a long time we had a toolbox and we were doing a whole lot of things we were we were doing uh, consumer research and branding and logos and marketing and um it's really easy especially when you're in this kind of I've got to keep the lights on growth phase to say yes to work. Yep. You know, when a client calls and says, yeah, I, you know, I need, I need some research, but I also need this campaign done. Okay. I'll do, I'll do it because mm. it's going to, it's going to help us, um, you know, pay, hit payroll numbers. And we, you know, when I came in in June, we, we said no to all that work and we focused solely on mobile research. And that was really hard. You know, we, we went through two months, uh, of no income, of no revenue, um, we turned down a lot of work, but it was the right thing for the business because it it, it, it lets you create a, a you know a product. We're a services industry. Uh, you, you know, we do have a tech layer kind of feeding us, but really it's um, a service play here. And so, um, to all those listening, to all those entrepreneurs, man, when you, when you get that call and and it's in your gut that this is really not core to what you're doing, um, you just got to say no and just have faith that. Um, you know, the team that you've built and your skill set are going to resonate with somebody. Otherwise, you're going to spin your wheels doing a whole bunch of things um, kind of halfway there. Yeah, and, and, and Hacker Nation, I love how Neil put that, which is focus. You know, I mean, even for myself, as someone that works with business owners, getting them to the next level in their overall business strategy, outside of, you know, having this podcast, one of the things that we focus a lot on in the coaching aspect is that focus. A lot of times, most times as entrepreneurs, we want to do it all because if we do it all, that means we're busy. And if we're busy, that means we're making more money. Traditionally, we think that way. But what Neil is talking about is a mindset shift. And he just mentioned that there were months when they didn't make any money because they turned down things that were outside of their level of genius or scope of genius, we call it. And they got really crystal clear on who exactly they serve and what their product and their offering was. And it's very, very difficult when you're going through that transition to say, well, wait, if I can make X amount of dollars over here, even though it's not in my core of genius or my zone of genius, uh, man, I can keep the lights on. But the problem with that is, is to your point, the next one that comes down to pike in a month or two, you, guess what's going to happen? You're going to do the exact same thing. And then in six months or a year, you're going to look back on your overall revenue and say, well, how come we're very stagnant or we haven't done any kind of growth? It's because you're taking on everything and all things to everybody. And the old saying is you want to be a master. You want to just absolutely dominate a specific niche. And the only way to dominate a niche is to only focus on that niche. And whatever else comes at you, you have to learn to say no. Is that what I'm hearing, Neil? Absolutely. I, you know, I, I go back to an early conversation you and I had. Uh, about about your your services and your coaching, and I, I kind of shared with you some of some of where we were going as a business, uh, and you were quick to say, you know, hey, hey, that, I'm not I'm not doing that. Like that's not, you know, we're we're not an acquisition house. Right. Um, I'm here to coach and help you guys grow and focus um, and think strategically. Right. Um, so that you know that you know that that made that resonated a lot with us because we have so just you know just as we were saying yes, we have people all the time offering to do any and everything for us. And then you find out that it's not, it's not core and then nobody wins yeah. in that setting. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. we have a segment on the show, Neil, that um, it's called the fail forward stage. And it's a moment on the show where a lot of listeners either are about to embark upon, or maybe they're right in the middle of their stuff, or maybe they've already 
come and gone. But it's again, it's the it's the time in your life or your business where, man, you feel like there's no light at the end of the tunnel. So can you get vulnerable with us for a minute? Sure. So I believe that all high performers and successful individuals look at failure maybe a little bit differently than most people. They actually use failure, what I call as feedback and course correction. So now is when we put you on the spot, Neil. Take us back yeah. to a time when you failed. It was either with this company or another company, and you maybe almost wanted to even give up, but you actually used that one specific failure as fuel to your success fire. Yeah, you know, I, I think uh, you know, a big failure um, that I learned pretty quickly here was um, people decisions are, are the hardest thing you can ever make in this role. Um, and I, you know, I, I was a likable guy. At least I think I'm a likable guy. Um, and so coming in, I thought this is, this will be great. Um, you know, the, the strategy stuff, that's going to be hard and the, and the travel is going to be hard and the client facing relationships, that's going to be rough, but you know, managing the team, that's going to be easy. And I found that that's been the hardest part. And we, um, we had some really tumultuous, um, kind of conversations, um, and really hard things that happened to the business early on in terms of staffing that, um, not only affected us, uh, and me, you know, personally and emotionally and, and my, my family, but also really distracted from our core business. And so to anyone listening and, and, and some of you may be listening and laugh at this. I, I had a handful of people tell me, uh, when I shared with them what was going on, you know, you got to pull the trigger now. Um, and I waited and I thought, well, you don't really know the context and, you know, the, you know, we're all trying to make this thing work. No, if there's someone on your team, that's not a fit, that's not bought in. It's, you know, this, this isn't a lifestyle business for a lot of us. Um, sometimes I wish it was, but I'm glad, it, but I'm glad it's not. And so if there's ever that, that inkling or, you know, sense that someone maybe isn't on board, it's really hard. It's not easy. It doesn't make them a bad person. It just means you've got to. You've got to make a switch and, and keep pushing forward. Otherwise, it's not only going to cost you a lot of emotional and mental time, it's going to cost you a lot of money. So what I'm hearing is one of the fail-forward moments for you was with Crush when you had a team or team members that weren't bought in, they weren't a fit, they were, I'm doing air quotes, maybe a cancer to the team. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah. Yeah, so what did you, so someone that's listening saying, oh, oh my God, that's me, that's exactly what I'm going through with my with my team right now. What's one strategy you can share that you did in order to get them off the team? It's those frank conversations that are just so hard that um, that are going to eat up your time. And you've you know it's a Friday afternoon and you you're excited that you might get to leave the office by five. Um, but there's this thing you know I, I guess the strategy is as simple as it sounds. You got to make it a priority. Yeah. Um, you know so, you know if it, if it's if it's someone who's not a fit. Uh, you're better off fixing that before you go pitch the next client because it's just gonna it's just gonna continue on to that one. So, um, I would say you know make decisions quickly. I'd, I'd also recommend surround yourself with smart people, whether it's a legal uh, entity or um, or you know I've, I've benefited hugely from from mentors um, who've been through this before um, that are a phone call away or a text message away. Um, that'll let you just kind of vent because you you know the worst thing you can do is take that home with you. Um, and let it kind of, to your point, kind of be a cancer throughout the rest of the company. Because if you're a small, quick team, people are going to pick, on it, pick up on it really, really quickly. All right, Neil, as you know, our Hacker Nation community listens to the show for actual success hacks and strategies to help grow themselves and their business. So, Neil Ersick, what's one mm -hmm. success hack 
that you can share to help our Hacker Nation community become more successful in their overall business besides getting rid of the cancer on the team? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, the, other, the other big one for me is, is to read. Um, I'll, I'll never forget, I had a, a boss uh, early out of college. We were interviewing a candidate um, for an analyst position, and this candidate was Ivy League school, top of his class, rock star, cultural fit, just like agreeable, likable guy. And um, we were all ready to, to pull the trigger and, and, and hire him to the team. And I'll never forget my boss at the time, we were sitting down interviewing him and we asked, we asked this candidate, we said, he said, you know, so, so Ryan, tell me, tell me what you like to read. And the candidate said, well, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't really read that much. And um, my boss said, well, you know, do you, do you read sports magazines? Do you, are you a history buff? Are you, um, uh, into music reading? What, 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 like, what, what do you read at night? And the guy said, I really don't read at all, to be honest. And my boss, I'll never forget. He said, well, I guess you're just as smart as the smartest person you'll ever talk to. Hmm. And, uh, we didn't, we didn't hire him. Hmm. And, um, it was the right decision. So it, that's always stuck with me. I think, you know, I've benefited so much, um, just from, and it, whether it's an article on TechCrunch or, or HBS or, you know, anywhere, um, you got to read. I mean, even yeah. how we think about the, even how we think about our business, um, you know, picking up little tidbits from Bezos and, and, you know, it's easy to idolize all these guys, um, that have been so successful, but I found that making quality time to read, whether it's about history or whatever is huge because there's so many lessons in that. And, and, and to my old boss's point, if you don't, you'll just be as smart as the smartest person you've ever talked to, <laughs> um, which is, which isn't very good sometimes. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, I love that. I love that concept. I, I mean, I've been reading now for a while, and I and I know sometimes I'll be lackadaisical about my reading or my meditation, and mm-hmm. it absolutely shows up in my work. And I always tell people, I don't care what industry you're in, whether you're in the tech world and tech week or tech crunch is, is something you should be reading, or you know, even getting outside of that to broaden your horizons. You know, I, I read something around personal development or sales or marketing or leadership you know, on a weekly basis. And it's amazing how that knowledge, that reading, that 10, 15, 20 minutes before I go to bed makes all the difference in the world the next day in my business world. Leaders are readers, and it's absolutely mm-hmm. the case. You have to surround yourself with like-minded, successful people. And even if you don't know these people, but they can mentor you through videos or through tapes or through CDs or through books is the key to your growth. Absolutely. Yeah, listen to it. Listen to a TED Talk. Listen to a podcast. You know, do do something to to stretch yourself, even if it's not not core. You'll be you'll be amazed at how how helpful it is. Neil, we are now going to enter the randomness round. But before right. we do, I just want to remind all the listeners to stay till the very end of the show. I have something I want to bring to your attention. We are now entering the randomness round. It's kind of like putting you on the success hackers version of the hot seat. All right. Whatever's the first answer that comes to mind, just let it rip. So, Neil Ursick, are you ready for the randomness round? I'm ready. Best advice you've ever received? Uh, best advice I've ever received. It, it, it's a story um, it's from a, another old, an older old mentor, and um, he was in consulting um, in college. He did an internship his sophomore year, and then his junior year, he came back for a summer internship. They told him, we'll call him Jim. They said, Jim, you know, now, now that you're here for the second summer, you, you can pick where your, where your cubicle is going to be. And so he said, I know exactly where I'm going to go. I'm going to sit next to Tom. And Tom was the youngest managing partner in the company's history. 
Um, and, and Jim's whole goal was I want to sit outside of Tom's office. I want to learn. I want to know when this guy like goes to the bathroom. I want to like copy everything I can from this guy um, because he's just such a rock star. One Friday afternoon, he's sitting outside of Tom's office and he hears him on a conference call with a, a team in Pittsburgh. And the team is on speakerphone and he can hear them saying, you know, hey, hey, Tom, you know, we worked we worked really hard um, on on this deliverable, but we're just not able to get it done in time. And Tom goes, what are you talking about? Because, yeah, you know, we, you know, the team was in late last night, and, and Susie uh, missed her kid's soccer game, and uh, I, I got in early today at 6, but, you know, we're just not going to finish it on time. Um, but we've been working really hard. And uh, Tom goes, you're working hard, huh? He goes, oh, yeah, we're working so hard. And he goes, well, so does a, you know, expletive washing machine. And he he got on the got on a plane and and cleaned house there, and that that sounds really dramatic. But um, on on my desk I have a, a dollhouse washing machine, ever since then, and mm. it's this amazing reminder that, uh, and I tell our team this every day. I don't care if you come in from ten to two, ten to one, if you can get all your work done and have your results in, that's all I care about. But we're we're so culturally wired to be nine to five people and, 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 you know, well, I, I got in early today. Well, who cares? Yeah. Did you get your stuff done or no? If you yeah. didn't, who cares? Um, so yeah, the, the washing machine, I don't know. I don't think we can swear on your podcast, but you can do whatever you want. Um, yeah, the effing washing machine. Yeah. I mean, that, that was it. And I'll, I'll never forget that. And it sounds harsh and scary, but it's nobody cares how hard you worked. If you can't get your stuff done. What's a daily habit that you do sometime throughout the day that puts you in a great frame of mind. Uh, you know, you know, I, I exercise at least once a day, whether it's um, a run or uh, even just yoga. Even I travel a lot, even if it's 15 minutes in the hotel room. I think that just quiet time, no music, um, no phone, no no um, computer, just to kind of de-stress. I think it's really easy um, in these in these roles to get caught up in um, over-caffeinating or um, you know burning yourself on lack of sleep or um, booze or whatever it is. And I just think that kind of, that spirals into something unhealthy. So fitting in time for, for a quick exercise is, is really important. You now own a time machine. I want you to travel back in time to when you were 20 years old again. What advice would your current self give your 20-year-old self? I would, I would say uh, develop a thick skin. I think that's been the hardest, one of the hardest things. Um, you know, we're, if, you're, if, if you're doing anything interesting in the world, um, you're going to have critics. Um, it's been hard for me on a personal level to to um, kind of make this leap from a big corporate career. And, you know, you, you hear the haters out there sometimes. Oh, what's he doing? I can't believe, you know, all those things. And uh, I, I've never had that thick skin. Um, so I would tell uh, 20-year-old Neil to, you got to buck up, man, and um, just be confident that if you're if you're trying to change the world, if you're on a mission to do something, outside the box, people aren't going to like you or going to have something to say about you. And instead of taking it personally, you should wear that as a badge of honor that you're, you know, not just coming in doing a nine to five every day. What's the one trait that you have that's contributed mostly to your success? You know, I think it's, um, I, I'm definitely not the smartest person or, you know, any of those things. I, th- I, you know, uh, being a good judge of character, you know, uh, all of this, all, all that we've built, all this growth, 
um, all these new clients, all, all of these things are a result of the team that we've built. And so I think it's being able to just kind of judge people in a positive way and find that right talent to, to grow this business. What's a hidden talent that you have that most people may not know about you? Uh, you know, I, I am a, a trained pianist. I took lessons for like 17 years. My, my wife hasn't even heard me play. I don't know why. Uh, I just don't think people have pianos in their houses anymore. Um, <laughs> but that's just, I think it's maybe that's a, a millennial thing, I guess. People just don't have those. But um, yeah, I, I, I play piano. I just haven't, no, I don't think anybody knows that. What's one book that you've read that's made an impact on your business? Oh, geez. You know, I'm, I'm just, I finished a book recently called Sneaker Wars, um, which is about the growth and uh, incubation of Adidas. And so what, what people probably don't know about Adidas is that in this tiny uh, German farm town, Adi Dossler, Adidas, started a shoe company with his brother, um, and they made a lot of mistakes in terms of um, hiring family and, and taking things really personally. And uh, his brother, uh, Rudolf, left the business and started what's become Puma. Hmm. And so, uh, you know, this tiny German farm town has birthed, you know, two of the biggest top five uh, apparel brands in the world. Hmm. Um, and uh, the biggest learning from there for me has been to let stuff go. You know, it's so easy to hang on to things, take it, take it personally when you lose a bid to a competitor um, or you have some infighting within your team. And um, just just to read about the snowball effect of those uh, um, personal attacks is a really good reminder that um, life's too short and you got to roll with stuff to grow your business. If you can recommend one social media tool or overall service to our Hacker Nation community, what would that be? One social media tool, or, uh, you know, it's podcast. Honestly, it's down, download a podcast, whether it's this, whether it's um, some of the work that McKinsey pushes out, um, any anything out there on startups, anything on entrepreneurial entrepreneurship, anything out there. Um, download it. Put it to your phone, listen to it on a plane, listen to it before bed. Neil, you are now officially off the randomness round. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This has been absolutely incredible. Thank you so much for sharing all of these success strategies and hacks with our Hacker Nation. Where can our listeners find out more about you and your business? Yeah, I would say check us out at uh, www.crushrepublic.com. Uh, we'll have some big updates in the coming months as we kind of continue to to grow the business and our client base. But yeah, check us out there on Twitter, Neil and Cincy. Yeah, please reach out, LinkedIn, anything, neil at crushrepublic.com. Um, would love to get to know as many of you as I can. I think the power of network and people uh, and, and like-minded people are, are what's going to help us all grow together. Hacker Nation, make sure to head over to successhackers.net. For this episode, show notes and recap from today's incredible interview with Neil, along with some other really cool brand new resources we have on the site. Oh, when you're on the site, don't forget to click subscribe so that you don't miss any of these new and amazing episodes. Before we end the show today, I wanted to make you aware of something. Besides being the creator and host of Success Hackers, I'm also a business strategist, as I've mentioned before. And after years of working with small to mid-sized business owners, I've learned that there are five, five specific areas in every business where there is a treasure trove of untapped revenue and profits. Here's the problem. 99% of all business owners know nothing about them, and they're missing a gold mine because of it. So after I discovered how bad this is, I now perform what I call 40-minute business makeovers, where I can guarantee to help any small to mid-sized business owner 
find at least ten to thirty thousand dollars in their existing business in less than forty minutes without them spending a cent on marketing or advertising. Well, now I want to make this available to you, my loyal Hacker Nation listeners, which is completely complimentary. But we only have a handful of spots available. So if you're an existing business owner and you want me to help you find revenue in your existing business without you spending any money on advertising or marketing, head over to this website, 40minutemakeover.com. That's 40, F-O-R-T-Y, 40minutemakeover.com, 40minutemakeover.com for additional information on how you can grab one of these spots available. This is Scott Hansen saying thanks again for listening to another episode of Success Hackers. Until the next show, go out and live with passion.